Good morning, this is Marilyn Short. Today you will be hearing me play a prelude based on the first Gymnopody by Eric Satie, arranged by Bob Cole, in which he also adds in melodies from Open Our Eyes. Later after the sermon, I'll be playing His Eye is on the Sparrow, arranged by Pepper Choplin. And then my postlude will be It is Well with My Soul, arranged by Mark Hayes. Uh, also, at one point, you'll hear Brad Short singing a solo called He Leads Me, which is based on the 23rd Psalm, and uh, the music and paraphrased words are by Amy Tate Williams. I hope you enjoy.
Good morning. This is Jay Jensen, moderator of Second Baptist Church, broadcasting to you from the uh, sanctuary here at Second, which is empty today. You already know that church was canceled today, but let me give you a little background. We had a meeting yesterday of several people uh, uh, concerned with this issue and, and with important decisions to be made about what the implications are of the coronavirus problem, coronavirus problem that's going on right now. And the more we talked and the more we listened to one another and considered that situation, we, we realized that there's not very much predictability about this situation. There's a lot that we don't know. But we do know that it can cause very severe consequences for some people if they, uh, if they should catch it. And at the end of our discussion, all of us had come to the understanding that we needed to cancel the church service for today and also church activities for fear of what, uh, what problems could ensue. Not that we would see right away, but might set in later. And we, we thought, considering those consequences in our, and uh, the populace of our church, that it would be better to cancel. Uh, immediately, in terms of activities, uh, we, there will be no council meeting on Monday, and there will be uh, uh, no men's breakfast next Saturday. But there are other programs that are going that were scheduled in church, and, and those will be canceled too. The church will be closed, but the office will be open. We ask all of you to be very careful, take care of yourselves, and, uh, and know that all of us are reaching out in love and care for each other. If you have any questions, uh, please feel free to call. Thank you. Hey, everybody. This is Pastor Steve, along with Dave Minninger, and uh, we are going to share a litany that has come to us from the American Baptist Home Mission Society. The title of the litany is Litany for a Time of Unknown Surrounding Coronavirus. So here we go. Dave, I'll be the leader and you can be the people. Sounds good. All right. Oh, living God, we are disturbed by the spread of coronavirus and the many lives that have been lost and disrupted by it. We are in sorrow and disbelief regarding the lives that are being threatened due to its spread. O oh, living God, we pray for the loved ones of those who have lost their lives. We pray for those who are in recovery. We pray for the medical staffs who tend to them. O oh, living God, we acknowledge our lack of understanding of this disease and the fear of frailty in human life. We lament blaming others for the cause of this disease. O oh, living God, Help us to understand the majestic power of your creation. Forgive us if we have wrongly accused others of bringing forth this disease. O living God, open our eyes that we may see your glory through the suffering, the healing, the recovery, and the renewing. O living God, hold us in truth as we practice loving our neighbors as we love ourselves. Rejoice with those who rejoice, and weep with those who weep. O living, o living God, God, instill, instill in, in us clean hearts. hearts. Guide, Guide us, us as we live, we live through this period of fear, so that, so that we, we are spreading faith instead of spreading this, this virus. Amen. This is David Menninger again. 
Uh, Today, our scripture reading is from Matthew, chapter 26, verses 33 through 35. Peter replied, Even if all fall away on account of you, I never will. Truly, I tell you, Jesus answered, This very night, before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. But Peter declared, Even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And all the other disciples said the same. He leads me beside still waters. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He restores my soul by guiding my steps in the pathways of righteousness. And he makes me walk through the valley of death, but he never leaves me, he protects me, he prepares a table and pours out his blessing before all the world on me. And surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord. I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm
business and he makes me walk through the valley of death but he never leaves me he protects me he prepares a table and pours out his blessings before all the world on me and surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I shall It's Steve again. I am hoping that you are well today. In this weird time, let me encourage you to be safe, to wash your hands, and to protect the vulnerable around you. The quote in the bulletin for today comes from Woody Guthrie. All my words, if not well put or well taken, are well meant. Here we go. What I need you to do as we talk about this event and the saga of Peter and Jesus is to forget that you know the rest of the story. I need you to hear the story in the present. You can't look ahead to the hours that will follow and the events of those hours. You need to hear the story as it unfolds in the present moment. And the present moment is this. Jesus and his followers have just finished a pre-Passover meal. They move out from where they are eating and they are entering the Garden of Gethsemane. The meal, in the minds of the friends of Jesus, is a celebration meal. They have just experienced the most extraordinary week. Well, a couple of weeks. We go back just a few days as Jesus stands outside the tomb of dead Lazarus and cries out, Lazarus, get out of there. And sure enough, now alive Lazarus walks out of the tomb. This event happens in Bethany, just a couple miles from Jerusalem. Word of the miracle of Lazarus spreads quickly, and Jesus recruits a slew of new followers just as he is about to begin his ministry in the holy city. Along with new followers, Jesus also attracts a new set of critics, enemies, and haters. Soon after the Lazarus event, Jesus and his band of followers parade into Jerusalem amidst cheering and palm-waving and singing. Jesus has been teaching in Jerusalem every day since that parade. 
With each sermon preached and parable told and aphorism pronounced, Jesus' followers are more amazed with him, while his enemy's hatred grows more and more intense. Jesus would teach his followers, argue with his dissenters, and prove himself head and shoulders above the detractors in intellect, spirit, and passion. And so at this celebration dinner on Thursday night, Jesus' friends are excited and celebrating what is happening. But now, in this moment, Jesus changes the subject and the sense of the evening. He gets very serious as he says to his assembled friends, before the night's over, you are going to fall to pieces because of what happens to me. Now Peter responds to Jesus and says, even if everyone else falls to pieces on account of you, I won't. Don't be so sure, Jesus says. Tonight before the rooster crows up the dawn, you will deny me three times. Peter protests, even if I have to die with you, I will never deny you. And according to the scripture, all the others join in and say the same thing. Here's where it's really important that you forget what the rest of the story is for just a few moments. Let's think about Peter's response to Jesus. Some say he's being braggy or boastful or cocky. Others claim he is just naive. Still others describe him as impulsive. I think he is amazing. Peter has been the leader among the disciples since the beginning of Jesus' ministry. Jesus, or Peter was among the first, perhaps was the first person to say yes to Jesus when Jesus was just starting and gathering together his band of willing followers. It appears that Peter's home, or at least his wife's family's home, was Jesus' headquarters when he stayed in Capernaum. It was Peter when seeing Jesus walking on water and hoping to calm the fears of the other disciples, asked Jesus if he can walk on the water as well. It was Peter who responded to Jesus when asked, Who am I? with the answer, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. It was Peter who declared as Jesus' followers were leaving him left and right, We are with you to the end. Where else would we go? You have the words of eternal life. It was Peter who volunteered to erect tents for Moses and Elijah on the mountain when they met with Jesus. It was Peter who had the courage to challenge Jesus when Jesus said things he didn't understand. And it was Peter just moments before this moment who tried to prevent Jesus from dirtying his hands by washing Peter's feet. Peter was the leader of this crew. And so it is Peter, when Jesus starts talking about the disciples following away, who declares, not me, I'm not going anywhere. Even if the rest, everybody else fails you, I'm here with you. Even when Jesus points out that Peter will indeed let him down, Peter pushes back, no, 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 I am with you to the end. Now, be sure to note what happens next. It's just a sentence. The rest of the disciples don't dismiss Peter, don't shrug Peter off, but rather take up his rallying cry. 
we are with you to the end. Peter's courage, Peter's pluck, is simply amazing in this moment. When the leader of the band seems to dismiss his followers, Peter stands tall. And then as Peter stands, the other disciples gain courage as well. Now, for those of you who have not forgotten the rest of the story, you know what's going to happen in the next few hours. You know that courage is going to melt away. You know that fear is going to take over. You know the disciples will flee and Peter will deny Jesus. But in this moment, there is courage. And actually, as Jesus is being rested in just a bit, there is an initial surge of courage and protectiveness that comes from Peter and the rest of Jesus' friends. It may be short-lived, but it's there. And I think it comes because Peter has shown the way, the way of courage. I think courage counts for something. And even if courage is, a, is followed up with failure and weakness, it counts. To be faithful to Christ in our lives is often an act of courage. It is courageous to walk alongside the bullied. It is courageous to turn the other cheek. It is courageous to love one another. It is courageous to pray for your enemies. It is courageous to be kind. It is courageous to stand up, to speak out, to hold strong. And it is courageous to recognize that amazing courage can be fleeting in a moment. After Peter's spectacular failure of courage, it is Peter who is back once again leading the disciples behind closed doors on Saturday after the crucifixion. It is Peter running to the tomb after Mary's announcement that Jesus is alive. It is Peter who stands up on the day of Pentecost and declares the love of grace, the love and grace of God through Jesus Christ. Courage isn't a straight line. There is an ebb and flow to it. And the important thing, it seems to me, is that when we fall short, that we are always welcomed back through the love of the Savior and invited to stand courageously again. Thank you, Peter, for teaching us courage. Amen.
Now we come to a time of prayer together. And I will tell you that later on today, I will send out an email with a list of prayer concerns um, for you to be praying about specifically. And I would encourage you, if you have any concerns, you can email them to me and I will include them in that list. Uh, My email is stevemeacham at gmail.com. But as we pray today, I thought I would share with you this prayer that I've been seeing this week on social media. It's entitled, Prayer for a Pandemic. Let's pray together. May we who are merely inconvenienced remember those whose lives are at stake. May we who have no risk factors remember those most vulnerable. May we who have the luxury of working from home remember those who must choose between preserving their health or making their rent. May we who have the flexibility to care for our children when their schools close Remember those who have no options. May we who have to cancel our trips remember those who have no safe place to go. May we who are losing our margin money in the tumult of the economic market remember those who have no margin at all. May we who settle in for a quarantine at home remember those who have no home. As fear has gripped our country, Let us choose love and kindness and compassion. During this time when we cannot physically wrap our arms around each other, let us find ways to be the loving embrace of God to our neighbors. Amen. And now we will close this abbreviated service with this benediction. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen.